I'm your host, Deegs, joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Brandon Mahoney. How are we doing? What's up, guys? Doing great. How are you doing, Diego? I'm splendid. Uh, you know, I, I missed you guys on that on that podcast, that little Chicago area podcast, a little 16-minute action. Yeah, but, uh, a little quick it was one. Good. Yeah, man. It was good listening to you and PT talk about some stuff. I haven't heard PT's voice in like three weeks, yep, uh, as you guys yep. can tell. PT is not here. Um, he is very busy with work and he's busy hitting 700 foot home runs in his uh, college summer games. So he will be, um, off the podcast for a little bit as he continues his endeavors, but we wish him the best of luck as always. And we we love him dearly. Um, today we got a pretty, pretty packed show going here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Stanley cup finals. Mahoney is going to give you some insight. I'm just going to say on that one. Yeah. I'm just going to say one thing about the Stanley Cup Finals because I'm not a big hockey guy. Then we'll dive into our, our forte, uh, baseball. So some baseball topics, some things we want to hit on the draft, the College World Series, and a certain rookie pitcher that just got sent down to single A. And then hopefully, by the time we get there, you'll get a live reaction from both of us of either the NBA Finals being over or going into Game 7. Well, so, shit's hitting the fan right now. I'm going to tell you that much. Without further ado, I don't like to waste your time or our time. So, Mahoney, why don't you get into some Stanley Cup talk? Yeah, so as as a Chicago Blackhawks fan, this Stanley Cup was a little uh, was a little split right here. Had our rivals, the St. Louis Blues, who came out of nowhere this year. Could have a lot of our a lot of Hawks fans know it. This could have been us. We could have been in the spot of the Blues, but we did some. Our ownership again just it didn't do well. Kind of hurt us. But enough about the Blackhawks. It's about the Blues and the Bruins. Uh, the Blues broke their 52-year drought without a Stanley Cup. So congratulations to, the, to them. Uh, one last night in Game 7 in Boston. First and foremost, what an embarrassing game for Boston. You're in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup, and the whole game was pointed towards St. Louis. Wasn't close at all during the game. It was St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. St. Louis, St. Louis's goaltender Bennington was unreal. Did ungodly things. Uh, he was great all series. I wasn't able to watch Game Seven, which I'm pretty disappointed about. But you know, personal things come first. But it was a great game. I heard Ryan O'Reilly won the MVP, the Con Smith, and kind of funny here with uh, O'Reilly. He had to uh, apologize on national media. For dropping the f bomb too many times in this post game interview, but you know what? You got to give the guy some leeway. Just won a Stanley Cup, the first one for the Blues. Won the Con Smith. You, you got to let him drop a couple f bombs. You have to. So what what did you have to add, Diego? Yeah, dude. Um, so first of all, uh, I will preface this by saying I'm not a big hockey guy. I don't watch hockey. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't like hockey i don't know it just never caught my attention but a few things uh, some observations i have first and foremost this is not hockey related but uh want to send a quick little um get better to mr david ortiz big poppy the legend the walking legend the walking miracle that is david ortiz uh for the incident that occurred in the dominican republic and actually and- we will talk i want to talk about this a little further in depth a little bit later in the episode yeah, for sure. We'll talk about it after we uh, talk about Mr. Chris Paddock. But 
Um, if you didn't see David Ortiz's message or whatever before before that Game 7 hockey game, um, I was almost 100% positive that Boston was going to win the game after they showed that in the arena. And Vegas actually agreed with me. The betting odds for the Bruins to win the game just went up after that. So, um, you know, I was like, okay, fine. Boston's going to win it. Cool. It's for Poppy, whatever. Then they go out and just get schlacked. I didn't watch the game, but 4 nothing at in Boston. Uh, I can already imagine that place was very loud at the beginning and probably super quiet at the end. But yeah. shout out to the Blues. You know, what the 52-something years, however long that was, to win their first ever uh, championship. And the only thing I wanted to say, and I, I, I wrote this down in the notes, is fuck the city of Boston, baby. I am yep. so glad yep. that they did not win three of the four championships. Um, I saw this tweet that was so fucking funny, dude. It was like, Boston lost out on Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, and the Stanley Cup all in one day. <laughs> and that is so funny to me. Yep. But uh, yeah, dude, hockey's over. Uh, I think it's just kind of crazy how they were what in like last place in january and then yeah. they came back to they, win the whole damn thing yep they were such a sad team in the beginning of the year uh, again blackhawks fans know we made fun of them non-stop at the beginning of the year now now look at them this this is this should be a message to the blackhawk front office that anybody could win it and they need to figure their shit out and do some things correctly one thing i want to add about st louis D- diego i know you probably don't know much about this but there is not one Hall of Fame hockey player on the St. Louis Blues, and it just breaks my heart that they were able to win it. Yeah, dude, I mean, that's kind of like a crazy overall, kind of like a message to all sports. I, I, I can't tell you the last time a team was in last place, like two months or three months or however long before the playoffs started, and then comes back and wins the whole goddamn thing. Like That's kind of crazy. No, it, it's good for them. Good for them. Yeah, dude. First, first title. It's it's always fun to see a team win the first title in franchise history. Um, but moving on, moving on to some hockey talk. I know that's uh, kind of a UMPT thing. We're we're gonna move on to to the MLB draft, big time MLB draft. Um, pretty pretty solid draft at the top here. Um, this is it was a very top heavy draft this year. Yeah. A, a, a lot of people are talking about how this is uh, an above average draft class, especially because the the guys we got at the top. So we'll we'll start it out here with the Baltimore Orioles. We're gonna we're gonna recap some of the guys picked within the first six picks. Um, that is not a coincidence. It, it's one hundred percent on purpose why we're doing that. But Adley Rutschman, the catcher from Oregon State, won the Golden Spikes Award today. Actually, so congratulations to Mr. C- Rutschman. Congratulations. Not, not a surprise at all. Yeah, who will not listen to this podcast whatsoever. But a left-handed hitting catcher who hit like fucking 420, struck out like three times, walked like 100, uh, slugged like 700, is the best defensive catcher in all of college baseball, um, absolutely rakes, could probably start in the big leagues right now and be like a top seven catcher without any major league experience at all. He's a cornerstone player for the Baltimore Orioles. He's a cornerstone They'll find a way to fuck it up. Yeah, they'll find a way to fuck him up probably. I have a hot take for him too, so go ahead, keep going. This is like the diamond in the rough you can't miss. Not diamond in the rough, but like uh, you can't miss kind of prospect, like a generational type franchise player, like a Buster Posey type, Mr. Adley Rushman to the Baltimore Orioles at number one. Yeah, um, so my hot take with Adley, he's not going to be a Baltimore Oriole when he comes up to the big leagues. I, I I don't see it happening. They have no farm system. 
Eli Rutschman is a great person to start off their farm system by trading him. Like I, 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 just, I will shit my pants if they trade him. They're not going to trade him for a while. They're going to probably in a year or two. I, I feel I feel like it's going to happen. I, you know I what's going to piss me off with this dude is this guy is ready to play in the big leagues now. Like. There is no like he could very easily be a, a September call up next year and 100% be their starting catcher mm-hmm. in 2021. Yes. and they're gonna find some way to manipulate his service time for him to not make his big league debut until he like 2022 or like June of April of or, or June or May of 2022 and just fuck this up somehow because it's the Orioles and the CBA allows them to do that. But he's a stud. He's a great player. Uh-huh. Um, Again, can't miss number one overall pick. Moving on to the Kansas City Royals, a American League Central rival of your Chicago White Sox. Yep. They select Bobby Witt Jr., the big old Texan boy from um, obviously Texas. Shortstop, five-tool prospect, and hit for contact, hit for power, plus arm at the position, great defensive player. Um, again, a can't miss number two guy. Him and Rushman were consistently one-two. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about Bobby Witt Jr., who signed for, like, $8 million as yeah. an 18 You know what? Um, Bobby Witt Jr., I, the, I watched uh, – MLB Network was very big on a lot of the prospects, but they sucked the dick off of Bobby Witt Jr. I swear they played his, uh, his prospect video like they do a video for each uh, prospect. They played his video, not even kidding, five or six times a day. All I saw was Bobby Witt Jr., Pretty much what I saw from Bobby Wood Jr. Great hitter. Uh, he's hit three or four home runs in big league ballparks yeah, with wood yeah. bats and showcases, which is actually very interesting and probably helped him out a lot. Uh, it's just comforting to know that he's able to hit with a wood bat. And well, he's- yeah, I mean, that's extremely impressive because if you think about it, he's putting balls out as an 18 year old at Wrigley, like just demolishing balls at Wrigley. He hit it on the wavelength. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's impressive. Um, one thing I do want to talk about Bobby Wood Jr. Though is Jim Callis of MLB pipeline. I don't know if you saw this came out with an article and it was called, I'm a hundred percent certain. It was called where does Bobby Wood Jr. Rank among all time shortstop prospects. And there was just a ton of the greatest ever shortstop prospects, uh, coming up chipper. Um, Kale. Machado, A-Rod, all, all the the great shortstop prospects that you could think of and where Bobby Wood Jr. ranked. And they had him second all time. Jesus. The second highest rated prospect just behind Alex Rodriguez. So if that's the truth and he's legit, I mean – He's going to be fun getting, to watch. Yeah, the Royals are getting a superstar in the making. Um, a guy who I think, honestly, we talked about Rush being ready to play. Um, a guy who I think could be up next year, could be the first player. He'll be up before class. he's 20. Well, I was going to talk about your Chicago White Sox pick, Mr. Andrew Vaughn. All right, are we are we going to get into this? Cause yeah, if we're that, get... that was going to be like a cool segue, and you fucked it up. So I apologize. I, I apologize. But um, Andrew Vaughn, first baseman out of Cal, last year's Golden Spikes winner as a sophomore, something you really don't see a lot, a three-year starter at the University of California. Um I have never seen in my five or six years of watching college sports and kind of following the draft 
a a first baseman with this kind of hit tool come out of college. He do, he walked more than he struck out. He has the power. He's probably the best hitter in this entire draft class. And like I was talking about probably 45 seconds ago, this guy could come into the league by next year. I could very well see him start the year in double A as a as a first year player yep. and come up in July or maybe as a September call up. He's very advanced for his age. He's mature. His hit tool is going to translate well to the big leagues. Um he's kind of undersized for a first baseman. He's six foot. I did hear He's a, um, he's actually closer to five eleven. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a pretty short guy. Um I, I, I did see or I did hear on the MLB Pipeline podcast from Jim Callis saying that some teams actually worked him out as a third baseman. So uh, we'll see how that uh, works out. I know that Vaughn wants to play first, but you know, yeah. I mean, with he'll play with first the, with the White Sox. He won't play third. Yeah. I mean, hopefully um, that size is a concern, but you know, the saying goes, if you can hit, you're going to play. So yep. this guy has one of the best hit tools. I want to hear what you think about your White Sox taking Andrew Vaughn. All right. So I, I, I fucking love it. Uh, first off, um, I was listening to Chicago White, Pod, Chicago White Sox podcast. I listened to like seven different ones, but one of them interviewed UKL head coach Mike New. Uh, he talked about Andrew Vaughn. He talked about the fact that uh, at UKL, they have a big batter's eye in center field. It's huge. Never once in all of his coaching and just everything at UKL, he has never seen somebody put it off of the batter's eye. He put it off the batter's eye six different times in game, which wow. is insane. Just absolutely insane. Shows the power. Um, the Andrew Vaughn, uh, he also got interviewed on the same podcast. They talked about the fact that he said himself, he understands he's a small guy. He has no problems at first base. If you throw it low, he'll pick it. And the all the scouts uh, back this up, too. He can pick everything, stop everything. Of course, high throws are going to be a problem, but if you're an MLB infielder, you should be able to throw it low or right to him. So it's, that shouldn't end up being a problem throughout the years. Andrew Vaughn uh, gotten, uh, was it, compared to prime Josh Donaldson. And if that and if that case, if we're getting prime Josh Donaldson, I'm very excited. The Sox are already talking with Abreu about an extension. I definitely hope this happens. I could see a two-year, three-year deal, and then after that, it'll be like uh, Abreu and Canerco. Canerco is going out the door. Abreu is coming in. Now it's time for Abreu to kind of start going out the door, and here comes Andrew Vaughn. I cannot be more excited. It just it's a great time to be a White Sox fan, Deegs. Yeah, dude. We're gonna cut this MLB draft talk. We're gonna pause it for a little bit. Because the Golden State Warriors just lost the NBA finals on one of the most incredible plays I have ever seen in my entire life. With zero timeouts left in the game. Yep. They called a timeout and they are about to lose the NBA finals on a technical foul. Yes. I can guarantee you that's never happened in an NBA Finals game before. So, live reactions, dude. The fucking Warriors are no longer NBA champs. The Toronto Raptors and Kawhi Big Dick Leonard won the NBA Finals. Um, I'm super happy. Me too. Um, you know, obviously Clay Thompson goes out in this game. He's on crutches, so hopefully his injury is not too bad. Uh, we all know what happened to Kevin Durant, which sucks, but um, 
Hopefully this means the end of the dynasty. On this podcast, we don't really talk NBA that much because we know that like the same team's going to win the fucking finals every single year. Hopefully that's different now and we can incorporate some basketball in, into this pod. Yep. But uh, it's over. It's over. The Golden State Warriors have just lost the NBA finals. And I am probably one of the happiest kids ever. Now let's go back to talking about what I really like to talk about, the MLB draft. Um, the Miami Marlins, sneakily one of the best drafts. Uh, one of the best drafts in this entire class. Yeah, agree. And, and it all started out with Vanderbilt outfielder JJ Blade, a guy who last year whose swing is gorgeous, beautiful swing from the left side. He's a he's a left left guy, uh, corner outfielder. Um, last year for the Commodores had led their team in batting average. He hit like three fifty something. Was one of the best hitters on that very good Vanderbilt team. Yep. Struggled to hit home runs though. Only hit four home runs. Went to the Cape Cod League. Made some mechanical adjustments in his swing. He now leads all of college baseball with home runs. I want to say he has like 27 or 28. Uh, he's the best hitter on probably the best team in the country. Um, true raw power. Absolute raw power. This guy is going to hit in his prime probably 30 to 35 home runs. There is some swing and miss concern for me. He does strike out a lot. And there's some holes in his swing. But uh, fantastic pick here. I, like you said, probably one of the most beautiful swings I've ever seen from a, from a lefty coming out of college. And uh, really started out a pretty solid draft for the Miami Marlins. No, very solid draft. Uh, they showed a video on the draft. I, I was I watched the draft very closely this year. Uh, as a White Sox fan and Deegs, you probably know this too, the draft is a very important time for us. So, paid a lot of attention to it. Uh, Griffey Jr., did you see this video? Yes, he broke him down. Broke him down. He said his swing's better than his. Mechanics are great. He he's gonna be a mainstay for the Marlins and they, they've got a good guy here. I really hope so because that farm system is dog shit, that team is dog shit, and this could be a, a very good start to hopefully better fortunes for the Miami for the Miami Marlins. I really like this guy. I was hoping he'd fall to six for the Padres, but uh I mean he's a stud, so good for Miami. Moving on. Probably the best hitter, the best pure high school hitter in this draft class, Riley Green out of Florida. Um, I saw a video of this guy hitting probably I probably like a like a week before the draft and it's just a really simple, sweet, compact swing. Really good bat control, puts the ball uh puts the barrel to the bat really well, sprays the gaps. Yep. He's more of a contact guy than a power hitter, but Definitely. he's he's got a projectable frame, so hopefully as he fills out, you know, develops, gets on a, a big league lifting program, the power will come probably a 15 to 17 home run guy when he hits the big leagues, but uh, just really good. He just puts the bat on the ball, knows how to hit, controls the barrel, has a good approach at the plate. Uh, defensively, he is an outfielder. He's a corner outfielder. I don't think you, you can play him in center field. Uh, he doesn't have the arm for that or the natural defensive instincts, but again, anytime you can hit, you're going to play. The Tigers loved him. He was linked to them all draft long, yep. so the Tigers got their guy in Riley Green at number five. Yeah, and uh, again, a lot of people forget that these guys are, especially these high school kids, they're 18 years old, 19 years old. They got time to develop, get bigger. Maybe we eventually see that power go up a little bit, a little bit for him. But he's young, dude. He's younger than us, Deegs. I, that's crazy, Think dude. About that's absolutely that. crazy. This is the first draft where kids are going to be younger than us, like high schoolers are younger than yep. us, like ever. Like, how crazy is that, dude? Crazy. Um, speaking of a guy who, who probably needs some time to develop into a, a perennial, probably all-star caliber player, C.J. Abrams at a Trinity High School down in Georgia. And Alabama, you guys got a good one, buddy. A left-handed hitting shortstop taken by the San Diego Padres at number six. Um, 
uh, he's the fastest player in the draft. Literally, just Google C.J. Abrams highlights, and half of them will be of him hitting the ball and getting to first base in like three and a half seconds. He's so ridiculously fast. Um, he's a really good base dealer, too. Some guys are just really fast and um, are horrible on the bases. He has the natural instincts that I could see him potentially being an elite base runner moving forward. Um, great bat-to-ball skills. Literally, the guy just puts the barrel on the ball. He doesn't strike out a lot. He, he, he gets on base. Um, he, he, he puts the ball, whether it be on the ground, in the air, just puts it in play, and uses his speed to his advantage. Uh, defensively, right now he plays short. Obviously, the Padres have a very good shortstop who's 20 years old, currently playing short. So I don't think Abrams will be playing short much longer. I could definitely see them moving him to second base, or yep. especially to center field, because he's an uber-crazy athlete with a pretty decent arm. Uh, I could definitely see this guy being an outfielder in the big leagues in four or five years. I've seen a lot of D. Gordon comparisons with better pop. Um, I personally think he's going to be a Billy Hamilton type of player yep. who, could just, who just gets on base at a higher clip because he just puts the ball in play better than Billy Hamilton. But uh, this is a guy who is a really, really good player. Uh, mock drafts up until a week before the draft had him going at three to the White Sox. I saw that a lot. So you get a top three, potential top four talent dropping you at six. They signed him under slot value too. Um, I'm just super excited to get this guy in the system. Hopefully I'll be able to watch him next year when uh, the, uh, if he's in single A when they come play the Kane County Cougars. But uh, great, great uh, pick by the Padres there at number six. Um, just some things I want to highlight, two quick things of uh, the MLB draft. That One of them is kind of like a personal thing for both of us, actually. The other one being kind of an overall team. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks had seven picks in the first two rounds, yep, so it's kind of, kind of hard to fuck up your draft there. Um, they, they took Corbin Carroll, who some people believe is one of the better high school bats in the draft at 16. I thought that was a steal. It's a super projectable left-handed pitcher, uh, Blake Watson, with their first comp pick, and followed that up with Brennan Malone, who some people believe was the second or for even first best, depending on what kind of view um, you come from, of all the high, the, the high school pitchers. So those were uh, really good high school pitching prospects for the Diamondbacks. Then in their second um, round, they went college guys, Dre Jamison at a ball state, 5'11", 160 pounds, throws 100 miles an hour as a starting pitcher. Probably going to be a reliever moving forward, but that's a guy you definitely want to monitor. Same thing with Ryan Nelson, a former shortstop at Oregon, converted shortstop, put him on the mound, throws upper 90s with a pretty smooth arm action, clean arm action, Comes out, the ball comes out of his hand quickly. And then they went Tommy Henry, a left-handed pitcher, and Dominic Fletcher, an outfielder. So high school early in the first round, college heavy in yep. the second round. This is a farm system that is dog shit. And they just got a whole lot better. That they did. So kudos to the Arizona Di- the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I cannot speak today. And the second thing I want to talk about is with the 18th pick. Our boy. In the first round. I played against him. Since I played I was with him. Years old. You played with him. I played against him uh, for what, like six years. He was in my conference in high school. Quinn Priester. Yep. Um, the guy who I personally think is the best um, high school pitcher in this draft class. Sits 92-94, has touched 96-97, um, a, a two-seam that plays like a sinker. And I, when I tell you that he throws probably the nastiest curveball that I've seen out of a high school pitcher in the last five years, I'm not lying to you. Like His breaking ball is a hammer pitch. It is disgusting. 
He needs to develop a changeup, and he talked about that in his press conference. I don't know if you watched it or not, but the, the development of that changeup will be key yep. for him. But this guy's an absolute stud. He's a physical freak. He's six foot four, like 195 pounds. Was a two-star athlete. He led his football uh, team to a state championship as a wide receiver. Started on the mound for Cary Grove High School for three years. Um, I, I played against this guy when I was 12. That was the first time I played against him. Yep. I pitched against him in the championship game of a tournament from 54 feet away. And when I tell you that his fastball was like sitting 83, 84 from 54 feet away as a 12-year-old, I'm not lying to you. It yep. was devastating. It was horrifying. It made me never want to hit a baseball ever again. Absolute stud. I hope he gets it. To, to the big leagues, man, because he's a great kid. He's, he's a great pitcher, yep. and the Pirates got a really good player at number 18. Yeah, so uh, before we move on, I had some more teammates, former teammates get drafted. Uh, a couple more couple more guys I want to highlight personally. Big Illinois guys. There, there was a lot of Illinois guys that got drafted this year. Yeah, so actually a guy that I've trained with every winter for the past, oh, God, I don't even know, six years, Jalen Greer, getting dra- drafted by the Oakland A's, uh, fifth round. I, one thing about this kid, nobody ever thought he was going to get drafted. He completely just grinded, grinded his ass off. I've never met a harder working guy. A's got a got, great guy there. I remember when we first started playing, his 60 time was like 8-9, 8-10. easily one of the slowest. Now he's got his 60 down to like 6-6, six, 6-7. Six, six, he's super fast. He's the third best player in the state. Yep. Crazy. So great for him. Uh, I was able to talk to him. Uh, was it two days, three days ago, right before he left for camp? Couldn't be more proud of the guy. Uh, he's got a good guy. For another former teammate that I played with, Mike Massey, played with him at Brother Rice, went on to play at Illinois, did great things, drafted by the Kansas City Royals. He is the prototypical captain, great guy. I was a sophomore when he was a senior, uh, or I was a freshman when he was a senior, actually. He's a great guy, just great for him. It's just awesome to see former teammates, friends getting drafted. It's a great thing. Yeah, dude. Speaking on some more Illinois guys that you've probably played against, I've played against them at times. Michael Prosecchi of Nazareth High School, yep. drafted by the Washington Nationals. I think he's going to go to Louisville, but uh, number two pitcher in the state. Probably would be number one if Priester was, just didn't exist. He's, yeah. he's, he's really good. Kendall Ewell out of Marist. I saw this guy. He's unreal. Yeah, he's crazy good. Jason Hodges out of Maris too. Yeah, that that kid. I'm telling you, if he decides to go to the bigs, watch out for him. He's got a big power bat. He's unreal. Oh my god, Arkansas commit. I saw him at a. I saw a video of him at the PBR. He killed us for rice. He would hit homers against us every time. He hit 106 miles an hour off the tee, off a tee with a wood bat, dude. That's absurd. He's huge. He's like 6'5", yep. like 220, big-time power bat. And probably the most slept-on player in this entire draft. I don't know how he went in the 40th round. Matt McCormick from St. Lawrence. I, don't, I really I, don't know how either. I have never seen a smoother, twitchier swing in my entire life in high school than Matt McCormick's swing out of St. Lawrence. Yeah, me, two. McCormick, and Priester played on the same 14U team. I'm telling you, those kids... Oh, the they, dude literally, he just tips his bat and hits bombs. I saw yeah. him in the regional championship game against Morgan Park hit a ball 
straight away dead center on, on, on like a 390 foot fence and just clear the hill too. It was an absolute clear the shot. hill. Holy yeah. crap! He he hits bombs and then Tyler Schlafer, a Homewood Flossmore guy, local kid, yep. drafted by the Cubs in the fifth round. He'll probably sign. So ton of talent coming out of Illinois, especially in this absolutely loaded 2019 draft class. Um, let's move on though. We're, we're, we're wrapping up our, our MLB draft talk and we're going to move over to the college world series starts up this Saturday. Um, our eight participants this year, if you are not aware, are the Texas tech red Raiders, the Michigan Wolverines, the Arkansas Razorbacks, the Florida state Seminoles, the Vanderbilt Commodores, the Louisville, whatever the fuck their name is, the Mississippi state Bulldogs and the Auburn Tigers. So Mr. Mahoney. Oh, Just, you, you know I got some stuff to talk about, broski. Yeah, uh, I'm going to hand this over to you. Um, let's just talk about some key players, some key matchups, some some pretty big teams. And then at the very end, we will give our predictions to who we believe are going to win the College World Series. Yeah, so I'm going to start it off with Arkansas uh, head guy, Dave Van Horn, great head coach. Um, not a surprise here seeing Arkansas. They were really good this year. Uh They've got an ace, Isaiah Campbell. Absolutely He's unreal. Stud. He's stud. a stud. They got a closer, Matt Cronin. Now, this guy, I'm telling you, he's going to be a great big league closer, great big league arm. Their offense is insane. They have five players in their starting lineup who has a, who have at least hit 10 home runs. And you know what, Deegs? They're averaging 8.3 runs per game so far this postseason. That's crazy, dude. One thing I want to talk about real quick before you keep going, and I'm sorry for cutting you off. Here, good, but I'm, I'm scrolling down the, the, the notes I have written down here, and I don't know how often this is because I'm not really a big College World Series guy, but there are six teams in this field, Arkansas being one of them, that have never won a national championship before. Yep. So it's very possible that we see a team win their first ever in a natty this year, unless, of course – a team that we'll talk about later wins it, which is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, a lot of firsts going on in terms of winning championships in the last week or so. So go ahead, keep on going. Talk about what you got to talk about. All right, Auburn, coached by legendary Butch Thompson. Uh, again, just completely overachie- overachieved this year. It They've got an ace, Tanner Burns, who's going to be one of the top prospects for the 2020 draft. Uh, he, he's been limited to soreness as of late. He's been kind of hurt. So we'll see how that works for them. Yeah, but dude. this is the thing that's going to hurt Auburn. They don't have one batter yep. batting over 300, and nobody has over 10 home runs. Yeah, I saw that right now. Um, this is a team that, honestly, I don't know how they beat Georgia Tech, but they came out of nowhere. They got hot at the right time. This is a perfect example of baseball for you. Uh, it's it's their first trip to Omaha since 1997. But again, with, with, when you have a lineup that doesn't have a single batter hitting over 300, or has, or nobody has more than 10 bombs, and you are averaging eight and a half runs per game over the last two weeks, you're hot. You're clicking. I don't think anybody wants to face this Auburn team. No. And like you mentioned, Tanner Burns, their ace. He's he's a really solid pitcher. So um, this could be a, a, a sneaky pick to win the Natty, a team that's hot. That's what you want. They're clicking, firing on, on all cylinders, and obviously Butch, Butch Thompson's the GOAT. So, Yeah. Uh, next, this is my feel-good team. Yeah, me tournament. too. I really want them to win, dude. This is my feel-good team. I, I, I hope they win. Again, we'll get into who we think we're going to win. But I can tell you right now, I don't think Florida State's going to win. Coached by the legend, 
the, the, the honest to God legend of this tournament, Mike Martin in his last season coaching after, I think he's been around for 30, 40, 40 years, 40 years, just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, their team, not, they don't have really that many big names this year. Then again, maybe some big names will come out of the tournament. It, they're the feel-good team of this tournament. If you're looking for a feel-good team to cheer for, cheer for Florida State. Yeah, dude, I want them to win just because Mike Martin, you know, his last year. Um, unfortunately, I didn't. I don't know how they got here. I was kind of certain that LSU would beat them. But, um, you know, feel-good team. They're playing for their coach, and that's really scary, especially in the College World Series. This kind of has a, a, a little bit of Coastal Carolina written over it. When, when Coastal Carolina won the national championship a few years ago, they didn't really have any star players, any standout guys. It was a grit-and-grind team, and it was a feel-good team. Everybody wanted them to win. So Florida State, Mike Martin, in his final season, it would be so cool if they won their first-ever national championship with him at the helm for one last time. Yep, so now we're going to move on to Louisville. Definitely had a scare at the beginning of this postseason. I remember watching the game. Lost their first or second game. Got bumped down to the loser's bracket, but came back, battled through, won it all, moved to the College World Series. Uh, coached by Dan McDonald, who I've met numerous of times. He's a, he's a very strict guy from what I remember. But you know what? It's Louisville. You can never count Louisville out. They're a very good baseball school. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to me that Louisville, with how prolific they've been in recent memory, uh, you know, with just constant guys getting drafted and, and producing top prospects, that, that they haven't won a national championship in program history. Yeah. This is a really good Louisville team. Um, Bobby Miller, who is another Fox Valley Conference guy, went to McHenry, was two outs away from throwing a no-hitter a few weeks ago. He's really good. He was an ACC All- All-American last year as, as a freshman. Um, so we'll see what happens. This is, this is a really good Louisville roster. Um, top to bottom, they can hit, they can swing it, they can pitch, they play good defense. So we'll see. They might draw Vandy in the first round. That would be a great game. Uh, they have actually beat Vandy three times already this year. They're yep. three and one against them. So you could see a potential national champ come out of that matchup itself, but Louisville's a really good team and, and we'll see how, how Dan McDonald's squad does moving forward. Yeah. So again, love college baseball. I've been following it all year. Team that kind of came out of nowhere. Of course, Auburn came out of absolutely nowhere. But Michigan, Michigan came out of nowhere. Uh, not really known for going to Omaha. That's their first appearance since 1984. And, Deegs, you just said six of the eight teams have not won a national championship. Michigan is one of the two teams that has. But they have not won one since 1962. Yep. Again, How they beat UCLA and that That's Michigan what I mean. Staff. I, that, that's why they're the scary team. This All these teams are hot, but you know what? They took down the number one team in the country. They're the only team to win a series against UCLA all year. How crazy is that, dude? UCLA, I mean, that that is a school that produces big league caliber aces on yep. every five years. And, if and you, like, they're pitching. Yep. Their oh, their pitching's always amazing. Always good. Always and and good. you know and, what? If you want a guy to follow throughout the uh, uh, College World Series, I gave you your team. Florida State, you want a player, starting pitcher for Michigan, Tommy Henry. Guy's yep. unreal, great energy, always fired up. If you want to watch, what, pay attention to Tommy Henry. Just got drafted by the, the Diamondbacks, too. So yep. you could also follow him if you fall in love with him Yeah, during exactly. his big league career. Exactly. All right, let's move on to Mississippi State. No surprise. Before we talk about Mississippi State, dude, 
please tell me you saw that home run by uh, Elijah McAmey. Yeah, and actually, let's touch on that a little bit. Fuck that first pace umpire that yeah, was dude. talking to him. Like that yeah. guy should lose his job. Like, yeah. keep your keep your keep your personal shit out of the game. I don't care if you don't like home runs or anything. That was his last. He went undrafted too. Somehow, I have no idea. I do not know how. Well, again, I don't know how he got on, how he went undrafted, but he it was his last game ever at Mississippi State. It was his last at bat ever at that field. Let him have his moment. That was the best pimp job easily a home run I have ever seen in my entire life. Easily, first of all, he shat on the baseball. Oh so my god, it was a, was that his, that was his second homer of the night, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Step one is shitting on the baseball, and he did that very well. Um, and then just the the scream that he let out, the fist bumps, the yelling, the bat flip, everything was perfectly executed. Absolutely beautiful job by Elijah McNamee. And Mississippi State has a great team, dude. Fifth-year senior Jake Magnum uh, ranks fifth all-time in Division one history with 378 yep. career hits. And it's so hard not to like Ethan Smith. Oh, my God. I love that guy. In the second round. That guy is a fucking ball of yep. energy, dude. Mississippi State seeking their first national championship. They beat Stanford in the Starkville Super Regional to get to the Natty. I love the Bulldogs. Hunter Renfro's from the Bulldogs. So I'll be pulling for them to win the whole thing because they have a bunch of fucking dogs on their team that just go out there, play the game with fun, and they just you can just tell that they love what they're doing. And I love that out of a college baseball team. Yeah. Um, now moving on to Texas Tech, kind of interesting. They've had a great year for sports for college. Uh, you know what? This team has been to the College World Series four times in six years, so that's an unbelievable uh, feat in itself. But they have Big 12 Player of the Year shortstop Josh Jung. Number eight overall pick in the draft. Unreal. I Watch him. Definitely watch him. Great bet. But this is a still a young team that you better watch out for them in the next upcoming years. This might be, if not – Vanderbilt, the best lineup in the College World Series. Top to bottom, they swing it. They don't get out. Uh, Cameron Warren is another guy who has just anchored that lineup with with Josh Jung. Who Josh Jung, some people thought he was overdrafted at eight. Uh, I think he's got great bat-to-ball skills, great power hitter. Uh, he's probably not a shortstop moving forward, probably moves over to third base, but uh, just he's he's a really good baseball player. Watch Josh Jung play. Has a hose for an arm. This is a really good Texas Tech team. Yep. They could make a run. Their best pitcher is a freshman. So like you mentioned, very young team, talented team moving forward. But uh, it's going to be really hard for anybody to get to navigate their way through this Texas Tech lineup. And then moving on to probably – the favorites to win the whole thing. Yep, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt My boy Kumar Rocker. I actually yeah, saw him oh, pitch uh, last Wait, year as a high school. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He's what insane. a guy. He is what a guy. Nine, 19 strikeouts in a no hitter against a very good Duke team in a super regional facing elimination. Yep. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? First this ever guy- no hitter in super regional. This guy was a first round pick last year. Uh, he was a comp pick. Yeah. Doesn't go to uh doesn't get drafted. Ballsy and then yeah. shoves it up your ass. Just tells everybody to go fuck themselves. Throws a nineteen strikeout, fucking complete game, no hitter, facing elimination. Top ten pick a in a couple years. 
top he could 10 be pick. the number one pick in a couple of years, like for how good this guy. He's got two years left yeah. to develop all his stuff. Uh, but yeah, this Vanderbilt team is crazy. Um, I love. We talked about him earlier, JJ Bleday. I love Cameron Meisner. He's a really good yep. player too. Uh, I'm just gonna tell you right now. Let's get into our picks. I have them winning the whole thing. It's yep. pretty easy. So Vandy's gonna. Uh, they're gonna win the whole thing in my eyes, at least. Yeah. So I've got Mississippi State versus Arkansas in my final, and okay. I've got, and I've got Arkansas taking it all. Okay. Yeah, they came pretty close to winning it a few years ago when they lost to. Uh, yeah, I mean they've just got a real deep lineup, and this time of year you need a deep lineup. They got the starters, they have the hitting, they have it's, the closer, and they have the ace. So yeah, yeah, I mean not a bad pick. I won't fault you on that. Let us know uh, who you guys think are, is going to win the College World Series when you yep. listen to this podcast. Hopefully you are. Yep. But um, yeah, let's move on to some major league baseball. I like how we're doing this. We're going draft. We're going college. Now we're going to the big leagues. Uh, Mr. Chris Paddock, Mahoney, you texted me yesterday and said before the podcast that you wanted to talk about Chris Paddock. Yeah, what the fuck? So, okay. Uh, first of all, settle down. He's only going to miss one start. Okay, it's fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's the minor league all-star break, so he's not going to pitch at all. So he's just going down to rest. Uh, they talked about at the beginning of the year, if you don't know, Paddock had Tommy John in 2017. Yep. Last year, pitched on, on an innings restriction, only 90 innings all year, still put up stupid numbers. Uh, and into this year, the big thing was, hey, he's going to be on an inning count. We we, we want to limit his innings. And so I honestly think this is the perfect time to do it. He's been pretty bad his last three starts, I'm going to be honest. He yeah. got lit up against the Yankees. He got lit up against the Phillies. He did not pitch well last night against the Giants. So they send him down um, just for some rest. He's going to miss one start. I think he'll be pitching his next start on 10 days rest. Uh, just, you know, clear his head, get his confidence back, uh, work on his mechanics, re- fine-tune some small things. He's, he's going to be fine. I mean, he's a two-pitch pitcher who's still developing a curveball. The league is making adjustments to him, so now he has to make adjustments to them. Yep. But, uh... That, uh just know, a regular struggle for a young pitcher. Yeah, every rookie goes through this. Even even the superstars, the Steven Strasburgs, the Clayton Kershaws, the highly touted prospects coming up that go crazy in their first couple starts. Uh, they, they all have to make adjustments. They all... Uh, there, there's always a book that comes out on them on what to do, what not to do. And, and teams figured that out for Paddock. They ran his pitch count up. They sat a uh, fastball and spit on his changeup until they got two strikes. Um, the, the only worrisome thing for me with this whole situation is the command. And I spoke about yep. this on a couple days ago is he, his last couple outings has been getting guys O two, And normally that's like O two count against Chris Paddock night, night, go sit down better luck next time. But uh, specifically against the Giants, he, he had an 0-2 count against Tyler Austin, who, one, is one of the worst fastball-hitting players in all of baseball, and the Giants in general as a team struggle mightily to hit velocity. Yep. I think their batting average is below 200 on any fastball above 95 miles an hour. Well, their, batting, their highest team batting average is, I, I forgot who it is, but it's like 240. Yeah, the Giants are horrible. Okay, they're, they're horrible. Uh, but... Paddock was sitting last night, 96, 97. Like he was really humming it in and he had Tyler Austin 02 and he got fancy, tried to waste a pitch and then uh, missed a change up. So then it went two, two, tried to throw him a curveball, worked the count full. Uh, Austin followed some pitches off and then he ended up roping a single down to third base. Very next batter. Uh, Steven Duggar hit a, hit a home run and that was kind of the momentum shift in the game for the Padres. But, um, 
for a guy that is a two-pitch pitcher, you can't let guys see many pitches against you because they will adjust. They will make adjustments. No matter how bad they are, they're still big league hitters. They still know how to make adjustments. Yep. So he has to be better at putting guys away. He either has to refine his curveball more so he can be a true three-pitch guy or develop a cutter slash slider, which I think would be awesome for him. But he's going to be fine. He's young. He's still in his first handful of starts in the big leagues. It's just, it's just a precautionary rest thing so he can continue to pitch more and more as the season goes on if the Padres stay in wild card contention which they almost certainly will not because they're horrible nope. but um, yeah that's pretty much all I have to say about Chris Paddock yeah uh, so yeah you pretty much said it all Deegs did you see what just happened a couple hours ago coming out of Los Angeles I don't know if you saw it I just saw it for the first time Kyle Schwarber nope Shohei Otani hit for the cycle oh, yeah, tonight dude, shout out to Shohei Otani um, first ever Japanese born player to hit for a cycle. Good for him. Um, you know, he's not pitching this year, but the guy rakes. Um, uh, I, I, I hope he can find his way back on the mound soon, hopefully by next year, because he's a very special talent. The angels desperately need some kind of talent around Mike Trout. So yeah, shout out to Mr. Otani for hitting for the cycle for, for, for making history on June 13th, baby. Now let's talk about one final thing. Mr. David Ortiz, you mentioned you want to talk yep. about this before we go. Um, so go ahead. You can you can take the wheel on this one. Yeah, so awful thing that happened. I know what started this all was some random guy from the Dominican Republic, some random news reporter that nobody knows about, posted on his personal Instagram that David Ortiz has been shot. Nobody believed it because, you know, just some random guy. Shit comes out of there. Daily, just random shit. And then it started getting more and more and more uh, all over the place. And then we started hearing stories about how got shot in the leg, got shot in the back, all these things. Uh, but it did happen. Sucks. No, Nobody in this world wants David Ortiz to be hurt. One of the kindest man, men. And the fact that he saved... Thousands of people's of lives for all the hospital stuff he does there. To have such a senseless act happen to such a good man. It just it just breaks my heart to think that he's done all that. And that somebody's just going to think. Oh, because it came out that it was supposed to be a robbery. But then more details came out. And it looks like more like these people were trying to kill David Ortiz. That they, somebody put a hit on David Ortiz. Which makes no sense. But just an awful thing. It's happened such a good guy. I'm more worried at this point because he's going to survive. All signs point towards him surviving. Uh, I'm more worried about the Dominican Republic here and that they're going to start losing some of their big-named athletes because they don't want to go – because happened with your Dano Ventura a couple years ago. They don't, they don't want things like that to happen to them, and they don't want to have to deal with that. And it, it just, It's going to end up hurting the Dominican Republic. Yeah, dude. Uh, honestly, just to start this off, one of probably David Ortiz is probably one of the nicest guys ever. My mom's a flight attendant for American Airlines, and he was on one of her flights like two years ago, and she had no idea who he was. And he was—he just started a conversation with her, uh, started talking. She said that I played baseball, and just out of nowhere, he just autographed a piece of paper. It's sitting in my room right now. So big, Poppy. Dude, that's crazy. Only, that's awesome. I know. Not only is he a legend. 
on the field, but off the field, probably literally one of the greatest guys of all time. His, uh, his, his great analyst too. Yeah. And, uh, Duh, this is Yankees, Yankees lose. lose. Great call. Shout out to Rafnick Mark. But, um, yeah, this is awful. Um, for a guy who's so beloved in his own country, for this to happen to him was terrible. The situation was super confusing. Like, I'm sitting on my phone and I see on Twitter, like, David Ortiz just got shot. Like you said, uh, original reports coming out, it was robbery, then it was a hit. Uh, like, six people are involved, I guess. Then it was, oh, he got shot in the leg. Oh, now he's in the abdomen. Oh, now he's in critical condition in surgery. Oh, now they're airlifting him to Boston. So, like... Crazy couple of hours, crazy couple of days for the Ortiz family. Super glad Big Poppy's okay. Um, just an, an absolute living legend, a monumental human being. So really glad that it, that 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 he's fine. And it sucks that that happened to to anyone. Really, it sucks that 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 would happen to. But especially to a guy as amazing and incredible of a human being as David Ortiz is. Um, so that's gonna wrap this one up here. Unless you have anything else. No. All good. Yeah, dude. Great podcast, as always, uh, here on the Bright Lights Podcast. We're growing rapidly. We've gained like 70 Twitter followers in the last like three days. Yeah, and you know what? There's actually one thing I want to add. When the fuck did Jeremy Lin uh, start playing for the Toronto Raptors? I think at the beginning of this year. He's got a ring, baby. Lin Sanity, let's go. Yeah, they just showed him on this TV, and I had no idea. Insanity, but yeah, dude, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Bright Lights Pod. We're at like 270 something followers now. We're, I think we're we gained like a hundred in the last yeah. month. We're growing rapidly, so you don't want to be the odd, the odd man out on the Bright Lights Podcast. Follow More giveaways coming. Make giveaways sure you have your notifications coming. on. Literally everything good comes from Bright Lights Podcast. So turn your notifications on for us. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you never miss an episode. If you like what we're doing, if you don't like what we're doing, write us a review. Let us know how we're doing so we can make adjustments or, or continue to be the podcast that we are. Thank you for listening and have a good one. Adios. Have a good one. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect.